I'm Jody Vance in for Jill. That in this together sort of vibe when it came to politics, it's starting to chip away. Even in a pandemic, elected officials are politicking really hard all of a sudden. Never a shortage of things to unpack, it seems. And certainly my next guest enjoys taking the spin out of the press releases and weekly briefings from City Hall that, that tend to say a lot about what other levels of government must do at least Vancouver City Hall, former longtime Vancouver City Councillor and my co-host on Unspun Podcast at theorca.ca. Joining us on the line is none other than George Affleck. Hi, George. Hey, Jody. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, so much to discuss over the next few minutes. Let's start with, because you and I going back and forth, you said we can talk about that viaduct fiasco. I want you to break that down <laughs> for me. What, what made it a fiasco? Well, I, I think it's—I wouldn't say fiasco. I think that the what was interesting was uh, well, they chose a very challenging spot to have a protest. I, I just thought the response from the mayor was milk toast. There wasn't any response really. He, his, their, their requests are very specific. You know, we went through a whole process when I was there related to the viaducts, related to uh, Hogan's Alley, and all of that stuff. And it's very clear in the report the plan and what what we want to do moving forward. And I think he could have expressed some um, movement on that front and specifically trying to find a way to address the Hogan Valley issue in a more public way saying, how do, is there a way to fast track that portion uh, or portions of the Hogan Valley? And I think that would have alleviated a lot of the stress and a lot of the arguments that some of those protesters had on that bridge and, and on the viaduct. So I, I think it was just another letdown from, from the mayor uh, in that protest. Okay, so what are your uh, thoughts on how things went down at Crab Park? You've had very vocal opinions about how long and um, entrenched the Oppenheimer Park camp was able to get. What are your thoughts on Crab Park and how it was dismantled yesterday? Well, and this has been touched on a bit. It's kind of like whack-a-mole a little bit. These police protesters, uh, which they're not... You know, there a lot of them aren't homeless. They they are they are protesting uh, an issue which is related to homelessness and housing, uh, and they are they were at Oppenheimer and then they moved to Crab Park. Uh, the the port has the ability to move quicker potentially than the park board did with relating to getting those people out of there. They arrested and I think it was 41 people. It shows you the difference in in management when you have a a, a park area overseen and a parking lot in this case overseen by a federal agency and their ability and willingness to move quicker than the park board was at Oppenheimer, which went on for over a year. Uh, but now those people have moved over to uh, Strathcona, and they're building up their, their tent city over there to continue their protest. So they keep moving around, uh, and they will continue to do that until, I mean, I don't know. I think that the city, as we all know, the mayor keeps passing the buck, saying it's the federal, it's the provincial governments, you know, I can't. And, of course, that's true, but these protests are in Vancouver all the time. He's the mayor of Vancouver uh, and I think that there has to be, and, and along with the park board, uh, a more, uh, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the, the process, you have to diffuse the situation in some way, whether you go hard, like the, like the port did, or you decide that this is just the way we're going to live and we're going to have a tent city like this uh, always and, and facilitate that. So which is it? Are we, are we going to be like the port and, and, and with the police and go in and get them out and arrest 40 people? Or are we going to let them build up their tent city and expand it and expand it? And I would imagine that's what's going to happen now again in Strathcona at the park there along Venables. You'll see that, that tent city grow to the Oppenheimer Park level just like because the park board is unwilling to do anything about it. 
And just to reiterate, in case uh, our listener isn't aware, that the Vancouver police officers did move in to clear that tent city at Crab Park based on the B.C. Supreme Court injunction that was granted last Wednesday. There was a 72-hour window uh, to clear the space. We spoke with Fiona York uh, of the Carnegie Community Action Project, and she was really firm in that the the people who were gathered at Crab Park or at the Port Authority parking lot adjacent to Crab Park um, really didn't have any place to go and that when she tried to reach out to various levels of government she was rather non-specific on who exactly but said it was sort of you know it's a media spin she called it or, or the media is perpetuating the the idea that these are protesters could it be possible that that these are just people who aren't prepared to go into a shelter and leave behind, say, their dog or their or their personal um, items or they don't want to live in a hotel, that they just simply want to keep that level of community? Do we have that in us as a city to create a permanent, um, safe and, and clean tent environment as they've built in, in San Diego and outside of San Francisco trying to deal with the homelessness issue? Because it seems like what we've done till now, George, has not been working. As you said, it is more like pop up over here, take that down. And now going over to a park at Strathcona, it's back in the hands of the park board. So what happens now? Well, I, I don't necessarily agree with her. I think that the police and, and Vancouver City staff who've gone in there and, and, and the people who are facilitating uh, finding homes for these people that build out these tent cities um, have been, they've been clear that they've refused, a significant number of them have refused housing, and, and that has been reported, uh, and, and we know that. But I do think that, without a doubt, this is a protest, and there are people that mm. for sure will need that. We know that homelessness is an issue. I think the challenge is, uh, is this the right way for you to find a home? Does this mean that every time somebody builds, a, build, a tent city builds out, then a bunch of people rush there and go, great, I got, if I go and, and put a tent up for a few months or six months, I'll get a, I'll get a new place to live, and I'm from wherever. Uh, it's not the best process. Do you get to jump the queue if you do that? There are people all over the city waiting for co-ops, waiting for social housing, waiting for all sorts of kinds of housing. Uh, by setting up a tent, does that allow people to jump the queue, not only in Vancouver, but across the region and potentially country? I think that that's the question you have to ask as we let these tent cities grow. What is the goal here? Is it a protest or is it a, a need for housing or is it a mixture? Um, but I think without a doubt, we have. To, I think that there's a, a need to kind of diffuse that uh, tent city growth in these parks because that's not what parks are for. Whether we build a permanent tent city I don't know, but I think the, the, the need of that is insatiable. So I think that there has to be a larger discussion about homelessness. And, and I've talked about this before on your show. And on, on, uh, this is a big issue. And, I, and on this, I agree with the mayor, but I don't mean it to, it's not about passing the buck. If the mayor really wants to do something, hold a summit, a national summit about, if not an international summit, or some kind of a discussion about homelessness. And why do we have homelessness? What decisions were made 20 years ago, which we know uh, impacted homelessness? It's related to uh, you know, the facilities related to, uh, you know, institutionalization, deinstitutionalization, all those things had an impact on the pro on what where we are today. How do we fix that uh, as a country uh, and as a province and as a city? That's what has to be discussed. And that's what's not getting discussed. Everybody just keeps moving around. The money keeps moving around. Every 10 cities keep popping up. That's not the solution. We have to get to the nub of the issue and figure this out. Yeah, no more Band-Aids and a real solid plan 
And just to start somewhere, I think there's an insatiable appetite for that. We're going to pause here momentarily with George Affleck, former Vancouver City Councillor, and on the other side, we will talk more about the big park board meeting that is going down tomorrow night about Stanley Park. Got uh, opinions about Stanley Park? We're going to open up the phone. Jody Vance in for Jill Bennett. I wrote a column for the Orca. It came out this morning. It's about Stanley Park. If you don't know sort of the drama that is happening around the park board in Stanley Park, mid-pandemic, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Oh, it's just so confusing. Have a read at theorca.ca. George, I wanted to get your take on what you're seeing unfold with regard to this sort of mid-pandemic plan for Stanley Park that might be permanent. What what is actually happening here? (laughs) Well, I think John Cooper and Trisha Barker have been very clear uh, on their, how they've tried to communicate this. And, and they, they've avoided the issue of this is not about bike versus car. This is about accessibility. It's about democracy. It's about pr- pro- process. Uh, what's happening is this park board, this majority park board, which is Green and, and Cope, which you seem to be aligned now, not only in park board, but also at uh, city council, with all their decision-making, seem, they seem to be a park board to be against any kind of pr- process, which reminds me a lot of Vision, which is what was Vision's undoing in the, in the last uh, term uh, that they were in power. I think that, you know, the basic decision is, is to keep it, is to have a process, yes, about the, about the closing of the roads or potential closing of the roads. But they're not going to open the roads, which was decided by staff, not politically, not in any process, because of COVID, they decided to close the park, the cars uh, for, for potentially a good reason, but without any process, uh, they have decided now that the decision now will be to keep the roads closed until they build a separated bike lane. Um, I think that is, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a, it's a, there's no process. And I think that the decision to keep it closed is unfair, as John and uh, Trisha have mentioned, to the businesses, to people who want to, who have uh, challenging uh, needs from accessibility, uh, obviously the aquarium when it reopens, um, all these are yeah. you know, the horse-drawn carriages, all these things uh, are challenged. I don't understand why uh, people are trying to make this a bike-car debate. It's not. It's about democracy. It's about process. It's about fairness, and that's not happening. And they can shout and scream saying, oh, but people want this to be closed. Well, <laughs> there's no proof to that, and there's no, no process to show that. So we need a process before they close the park like they have, and, and, and for the long term, it's, it seems, for now. And that is sort of where my op-ed came from in terms of the process piece. I love, I love biking. I have many bikes in our family. We, we love to get out and, and ride. And we, we also liked calmed areas to, in order to ride bikes. This isn't bikes versus cars. This is if everybody wants this, then do the public consultation and show the 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 democratic way of of putting this forward rather than you know what we're going to just go ahead with the changes that we're proposing here and we'll do the process later we'll do that we'll ask you all about it later and i got a, i got a note actually uh, jody at cknw.com from david and and he gave quite an email here but uh, one excerpt is the details are less important than the secretive and undemocratic manner by which they have sprung this plan on the public public with very little time to receive public input and you know what we have opened the phone lines here 604-280-9898 star 9898 on your cell i know george you love taking calls so let's go paul in vancouver welcome to the show your thoughts on stanley park the mid-pandemic plans for a post-pandemic stanley park i think it's ridiculous i'm a senior who lives in vancouver i cannot walk to the park I cannot ride my bike to the park. If my caregiver can't drive me to the park, 
I'm excluded from the park. I've been excluded from the park for months now. And there's no due process uh, being offered by the parks board. They have, they are pushing their social engineering. They don't want any cars in the park. It's obvious. So there should be public consultation on this. They plan well, can I ask you a question? Put, uh, can I ask you a question? Because the pushback yes. I've gotten, because my dad has Alzheimer's, I would love to take him to Stanley Park mm. and just go for a drive around the park. Uh, can't. Uh, they're like, well, you can you can go to a hub and get on a bus and take the bus around the park because there'll be an electric. Oh, bus give available. me a break! Right. Give me a break! A person with disabilities, what? what they're going to drive where? To Georgia near the entrance to the park. Park their car. Get off, wait for a bus to show up, stumble onto the bus with their disability, get dropped off somewhere in the park, then have to wait again for a bus to show up. That's discriminatory against people with disabilities. And I'm fed up with this parks board. They should be listening to all citizens of Vancouver. You're right. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that phone call. You know what, George? That's the overwhelming response and certainly one that uh, Trisha Barker was putting forward. People were attacking Trisha on social media, not realizing that she works with senior citizens and people with disabilities and actually people in palliative care. Like this is one of the kindest people you've ever seen. And there's been sort of this bully mob mentality attacking her on social media. It's just been wild. Well, and you know, one of the things that hasn't been discussed a lot is the relationship with the city as people may or may not know park board is an independent you know government that oversees the parks in vancouver very unique situation but there's the city of vancouver a lot of this route is on city streets and also the impact of no parking and no access to the park means cars are driving around the west end which perturbs the neighbors in the west end and other areas in coal harbor and all these other areas because so there's no there's no management strategy from city of vancouver that i can see uh, and Parkport. So that relationship hasn't been clarified. Uh, we don't know what the city's intention is for, for example, Beach Avenue, which right now is closed. Are they intending to close that street? That's a big chunk of this route uh, and an mm-hmm. important part of it if you've written it. So what is the what is going on here? There's absolutely zero information that we are getting, uh, but decisions are being made. It's the opposite of fact-based decision-making. It's completely compulsive, uh, uh, you know, uh, politically charged uh, decision-making, and that's not cool.